Good afternoon. How are you? I'm very well, thank you, Jim. How are you today? Uh, absolutely fantastic. Guys, welcome to the Wealth Creation Show, episode 11. Uh, today, we're actually going to be talking about with an expert. Um, it's uh, Linda Martin, and she's talking about property flipping. Um, so, or flipping property. <laughs> <laughs> or flipping property. <laughs> Sometimes it's very much the latter, Jim. <laughs> I know, but you often think about that. Eh? <laughs> I know, I do. It's you like... have to be careful how you say it. <laughs> um, okay, listen, Linda, thanks very much for coming on the show. Uh, you know, guys, if you're out there, if you want to ask Linda any questions throughout the process, please feel free to do that. Um, we've got her expertise and her time right now, and we'll talk about her. We'll probably start off with talking about her journey, um, you know, because um, I always keep saying that I'm nothing special. Um, it's only 30 years, a matter of persistence and uh, time. It's actually taken to, taken to this level in terms of property investment. So we'd be interested to hear that from you as well, Linda, to see what your journey was. And then we'll be talking about some examples and then also uh, as well as Linda's new course that she's actually set up and showing you how to get access to that as well. Um, or just say a couple of hellos. Uh, listen, if you're a Facebook user, Facebook user, that could be you, Heather, um, if I'm guessing. Um, if you just go in the post itself, there's a link to StreamYard that actually gives permission to see your name on this feed. Um, so, you know, uh, by all means, uh, click on that. And uh, good afternoon, uh, Andrea. It is good afternoon, yeah? It is, I see. There you go. <laughs> um, so if you click on that, it's absolutely fantastic. So, Linda, let's kick off. Um, you know, where did this all start for you? I mean, you know, what did you do before? Okay. Um, so before I started my business, I worked for insurance companies and I am... Um, to go way back, um, after university, I went travelling and I ended up in Australia. Yeah. And um, I did some uh, work with uh, an insurance company working in there. Where was I? A domestic claims department. So I used to um, be involved with leaking showers, water damage, um, all that, that sort of lovely stuff with insurance companies. And then I just um, I kind of progressed from um, that, that smaller stuff um, up to working on much larger um, commercial type property risks and um, some lots of good stuff. Um, uh, you know, I, I was working on the Christchurch earthquake rebuild back in, wow. um, well, that was most recently back in 2011. But, um, sadly, uh, um, that, that part of the world is subjected to some quite major natural disasters, mm -hmm. um, tsunamis, large uh, tropical storms and so on. So I would um, work with the insurance company and the policy holder to, to help them through a, a major catastrophe. So, so what that uh, exposed me to was everything property and buildings related. Mm. That's a way to say that. Um, you know, you're bound to have got a wee bit of experience through what you were doing in terms of property. But did, but did you... Did it, was there thoughts going around in your head at that time about, you know, I've got to invest in property or, you know, or, or was it just you were just doing day to day where you just were you just where you are? And um, I mean, you know, when did that next when did these next stages come for me? It was probably for, uh, you know, an early age. I used to hear I used to well, I used to look at the top 100 richest in Britain and the rich list. And, and every single time they had things like pharmaceuticals and property. Yeah. <laughs> um, beverages and property. And yeah. every single time, the top 100 most wealthy people in Britain was always and property. Um, and I kind of, it, it, was, it was in the back of my mind. So was what was it for you? I guess, you know, way back then in the, the early days when I was in my, in my 20s, probably, um, I, I, you know, the, the last thing on my mind was, you know, investing for the future or my, my retirement or how could I, you know, build a, a nest egg, if I'm really honest, but I'm sure a lot of people in their 20s are, were, you know, that that's where you are at that, that time in yep. your life. Um, and then I, um, it, it really wasn't until I was in my, my sort of early 30s that, that I, um, a, a bit like yourself, I, I started to become more financially aware and did some reading on what how I could um, make my pension work work for me. And um, I guess, but being in Australia, um, you know, 
I have a, a fund that was, you know, tied up. The equivalent of a, an Australian pension is a superannuation fund. Right. And what sort um, of books? What sort of books were you actually reading then? Um, so what what did I read? Um, so I I, I I read a lot with uh, sort of Warren Buffett and the types of companies that okay. they invest in. And um, I I guess probably I, well, well, trying to, to, to think now um I, I guess I would just be I, I would read the, the newspapers more often I yeah. guess and, and but like, like yourself you know worked out fairly quickly that investing in property was the way to go um mm. and at the same time as living in uh, Australia I would keep an interest on what was going on back back home back in Fife and um I, I would watch you know the property prices increasing over the years and um, similarly, the Australian property market um, within the past 20 years has just taken off. Um, so I always knew that investing then in property was a wise thing to do. Yeah. Um, did, did, you, did you come up in, uh, against any opposition from anybody round about you, maybe close people or anything like that? You know, when you first started in this, um, was, there, was there any reservations from other people? Personally, for me, it was like, be careful. It could mm -hmm. all fall apart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very much so. I, th I think uh, a lot of people uh, are quite uh, reserved on, certainly when it comes to the flipping side of things, um, yeah. sometimes you're almost out on your own um, because people mm. say, oh, that's that's a little bit risky getting into that, or do you know, not now, but but previously, do you know what you're doing? And th that, that type of commentary. Um, but I, I think sometimes people are, somewhat envious of other people who just decide to take the leap and go for yeah. it. Did you have any reservations? You know, was there anything holding you back? You know, um, did you, because by the time, you know, I'll give you a classic example for me. It took me a, maybe a, about a year or something to realise that, because I used to say, why is nobody else doing this? <laughs> why is nobody else doing this in the area? Why, yeah. why does nobody see what I see? And uh, I, I'm surely kind of be the first person. Um, but but evidently I probably was. Um, so did you have any of that sort of feelings? Uh, I guess I've always been a believer that, you know, you, you have to take chances in life and you have to, yeah. so, so long as you have a, a, fall, a plan B or a fallback position, um, then, you know, what's the worst that can happen? Okay. So when you say take chances, you, you know, um, I kind of look at them as calculated risks. Yeah, calculated risks. Because yeah. <laughs> most, most people out there would say take chances is, is risky. And I know what you mean, but you really do mean calculated risks, don't you? Mm -hmm. um, especially being in the insurance business. I mean, you will be used to probability analysis and risk mm -hmm. analysis, won't you? Yeah, very much so. It's all about, you know, when I say to, you, you take uh, mitigate, mit, mitigated risks. Yeah, so yeah. you'd work out that, you know, um, you, you would look at everything always with, um, I guess, look at things in a way where you, if, if it all were, if, if it was to all go wrong, yeah. What, what would you do? Would you, would you still be okay at the end of it? You know, how would you work around that? How would you... Um, what would your plan B be? <laughs> mm -hmm. So were you were you were you looking at full time property? Because um, I had looked at when I did it, it was like, well, if, if it all went wrong, I would still have my job anyway because I ran it alongside what I did. Um, mm -hmm. so I never really needed to worry that much or be concerned about anything because uh, I always lived on my own income. So I lived on my own income, and everything I put in property actually stayed there. Um, so I was never reliant on it. I never took anything out of it. How, how did you approach that? Uh, well, I remember actually when I told my accountant put what I had in mind, he said, oh, no, don't do that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that speaks to your previous point about people, some people being somewhat unsupportive. But yeah. um, I think that was because, um, you know, I didn't have an income to, to rely upon. You know, yeah. the, the, this, this had to work for me. And, yeah, you know, wor worst case, if it didn't work, then I would go back, back to my, my, my job. I mean, how I approached it in the early stages was I I worked out how much money I needed to, to live on for one year. And um, I, and I mean, I, I don't live any lavish lifestyle. I, I, I don't, you know, that, that's just not me. I'm not particularly materialistic. There's a familiar part, eh? There's a familiar <laughs> story about people that are extremely successful at what they do. They don't live these lavish lifestyles. And most people 
do you not feel that most people actually get to tend to see the people that live the lavish lifestyle, but they're actually few and far between, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, that actually makes me chuckle. And I, I think that, um, you know, often the, the, the most wealthy people don't drive the nicest, flashiest cars because they, they, they're smart. They recognise that they need a car to get them from A to B, but it doesn't have to be top of the, the top of the range Mercedes or, or, or whatever. Just they need to have a car. Well, let's look at let's look at Warren Buffett, the people, the person that you actually read his books. Warren Buffett, uh, um, his suit is a hundred dollar suit out of Sears Roebuck, and and he literally takes a hundred thousand dollars a year out of his company, Berkshire Hathaway, and that's what he lives on. That's it, and he lives in a modest house and he drives a modest car, and yet he's one of the richest men in the world. Um, you know, what does that what does that tell us? You know, I actually love that because um, I, I'm a great believer in, you know, you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. And just because someone's not driving the flashiest car doesn't mean to say that, you know, they're not doing well. And I believe yeah. everybody, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody should have the, the, the same opportunities, chances in life. It's just what you make it and don't judge anyone just because they don't drive the, the, the nicest car. You know, we're, we're all the same here. We can all achieve the same great things with, with the, the support, I, I believe, from other people. And um, yeah, it's actually quite a, a narrow-minded view of the world, I think. Yeah, but but it, but it is, it is I, perfection. Sorry, it? I, just clarify that the narrow sorry to cut the narrow view of the world when people think, oh, you have to. Yeah. Um, you, you you if you're not driving a, a flashy car, you're not doing well. Yeah, I knew exactly what you meant, Linda. Don't, you. don't worry about it. <laughs> um, and and I think everybody out there will understand exactly what you meant as well. Uh, I know I know that for a fact because the people that actually watch this actually understand the dynamics of how wealth's created and stuff like that and. And uh, and it it takes time and effort and patience more than anything over a long period of time, and it's not a get rich quick scheme. Um, but but property investment is um, potentially one of the best performing asset class ever. You know, I I can't find anything different, and this is why I this is why I like to speak to people like yourself to to understand. I mean, you know, you had you had you had said about you know you're living on a modest income and stuff like that. So so you know, what um what do you what do you what do you when you chuckle at other people uh, and, and you see that, um, uh, how, how do we get that across then to other people that uh, that isn't that isn't the that isn't what property investment that isn't what wealth creation is all about? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, I mean, wealth can mean different things to different people. Oh, well, um, to you, it means it, to, to, for for wealth to to me is all about time. Yeah. And freedom of time and being able to have investments work for you, which then frees up your time, which means that. So, so for me, um, I am in the, the fortunate position now where I have my own company. I work for myself and I can choose what I, I want to do with my time. Yeah. Um, so um, I can pick up my kids from school every day if I, I want to. I can decide to have a longer lunch because I can. Um, yeah. I can take holidays when I want to and so on. So that that, that for me is is wealth. Yeah, it, it is. It is literally, that's exactly, that's ex I, I kind of disagree with that at all. It's exactly how I think. It's it's the time. I mean, time is something you'll never, ever get back. The, the minute it's just passed will never return. And you can't buy that back as a result. However, it's like what you say, if you have the money and it's no longer dependent on your ability to perform. Therefore, you're time free, um, and you can literally, you can instead of having 160 hours a week, um, you could literally have an infinite amount of hours if you want, um, and you can multiply and duplicate that as a result. Um, so it's good that you can see that um, wealth creation and, and and the way forward. And for you, so so your next steps after you had first started, um, and you had realised. Um, how long did it take you then for to jump in? Um, so I guess I need to go back to uh, 2010. So what that that's 12 years ago, and it's really within the past uh, 10 years that that my business has, has really taken off. And yeah. um, what I uh, what happened was um, in 2010, I had 
I was just fed up working so hard for someone else. So working for, for you know, the, the big insurance company doing yeah. 11 hour days and so on. And I had no time. And um, I was 35. I was single. I knew that I wanted to have a family. I knew that, that something had to change in my life. So I packed up my life in Australia and then came back to, to, uh, to Fife. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yep. And uh, But I knew that I had all this property experience and I knew that I could make it work for myself. And don't get, get me wrong, I was petrified. I, I remember, you know, crying in my parents' lounge room saying, oh, my God, what am I going to do with my life? You know, I've just thrown away everything in Australia. I came back to a country that I'd, I'd not lived in for such a long time. And I had to... I had no identity and yeah. I had to start again and it was scary. Um, so I thought to myself, well, if I have been able to put property and houses back together for an insurance company, I can do it myself. Yeah. Um, of course, the, the, the wake up call was the fact that I didn't have the insurance company's bank account balance and I had to find <laughs> funds to do that. You know, not many zeros on the the, the, the bank statement. But uh, yeah, I, I knew I could make it work. So when you did that then, how, how did you do anything creative in the beginning to, you know, because you, you didn't just go out and say, I'm going to buy a property and money comes out of nowhere. No. How did yeah. that happen? How did uh, that happen for you? How did it happen? Um, so I remember I... Um, I looked at the lo my local area in Dunfermline, and um, not not far from where I was was brought up. There's a you know a, a nice council or ex council estate, and um, I had been watching the property prices increase over the years. Yeah. And I think, um, but back in the day when I started looking, you know, your three bed house is about thirty five thousand um, pounds, and now that same three bed house, you know, you can get over one hundred and fifty thousand pounds for it. So, so back, um, you know, 12 years ago, I, having watched the prices grow in this particular area, I thought there's still potential for these values to increase. Mm. And with, with my reading my, my, of the, the, the property cycle and where it was at, I thought there's still a few years at least of growth left to go in this uh, yeah. in the market. So um, I... Um, came back, uh, I had a little bit of money when I came back from Australia and I bought my first project. And it was a two bed ex local authority house that was absolutely filthy. And I think had been, um, I think drug dealers lived in this house because there was cameras everywhere yeah. around outside the building. And um, it was in a, bit of, in a bit of a sort of sorry state. And I thought, I'm just gonna renovate this and see how I go. And, Back, in, back then, it was still very much magnolia on the walls and brown carpet and so on. And, um, What's so, wrong with that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that houses, what we do now? <laughs> houses are worth far less, apparently. At least 10% if it's still painted magnolia. And, um, yeah, so I, I, I renovated it and I sold it and uh, I made a... Um, I made... I, I don't know, I, I think it might have been £20,000, which back then was a lot wow. of money. Still a lot of money. Still is. Uh, <laughs> yes, still is a lot of money. Still still a, a good number to to to, uh, to make at the end of your refurbishment. But uh, yeah, did, did that. And then one led to another, yeah. led to another. And um, I mean, obviously, I'm, I'm more experienced now and have a far better process uh, that, that, that I work through with my refurbishment. But, um, so that's quite interesting that you say that. Um, just let me uh, recap that. So you came back, um, you found a property. You were absolutely terrified in the process, but you, 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 you were basically you're, you're either. I always say you're either pulled by your dreams or pushed by your circumstances. Which one were you? Was it dreams or circumstances? Definitely dreams. You know, yeah. I mean, I, so, I had, I, I had uh, grown up in an era where it was, you know, about Sarah Beanie and. Yeah. Homes under the hammer, and anything was possible with, with the property. Yeah, so, that's that's fantastic. So then you did that, and then you put that. And so, how long did it take you to do that first property uh, from start to finish? Uh, oh, going back now, but I think probably about 
No, no more than about six to eight weeks. It wasn't a, it wasn't a full refurbishment that I would now do now. It, it so, was very much a... You know, so in six to eight weeks, you made £20,000. So if you took that 10 weeks, right, and that's effectively 50 weeks in the year, and you took 20,000 10 weeks times five, if you did that, you'd be earning 100,000 a year. Yeah. That's a no bad return. <laughs> well, that, that, that is, yeah, on paper that might be the case, but obviously our six-month rule scuppers us a wee bit. Uh, now, you, you know, it's not as easy to do quick in-and-out refurbishments, get your money out of the bank. Yeah. Unfortunately, given the anti-money laundering regulations that the, the, the lenders work to, but mm -hmm. yeah, essentially, if, if if we could, you yeah, that might be possible. We'll say a couple of hellos. Uh, hello, Facebook user. So if you get a chance, just go in that post above you there in the link. Click on the Streamyard link. It gives you permission for us to see who you are. We'd love to know who you are. Just the fact that you know, just like Kev. Hi, Kev. How are you? Uh, thanks for watching. Another Facebook user, um, James. So James Watson. Hi, James. How are you? I'm surprised that James isn't appearing because he usually appears all the time with his name. Um, and this is quite an interesting one. Why flips rather than BRRR? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's so um, BRRR meaning um, buy, um, refurbish. Oh, buy, refurbish, buy, refinance, and rent. Buy, refurbish, yeah. refinance, rent. Yeah, um, look, I think that's a really good question and um, it's something that I have done before. But the reason I prefer not to use that strategy is because you are um, dependent upon, you know, the market increasing and holding your asset to then only get your 75% back. Um, whereas when you're flipping, you get 100% of your money back. And yeah. my preference is to um, crystallise the profit and then move on. Um, that's not to say that's not a strategy that, that I might use in the future, but until I have built my pot to a certain level, I will continue to flip. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. Um, personally, for me, I did that in the beginning, um, but I did realise, in hindsight now, I wish I'd kept them. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a that was a lesson I'd learned. I did it twice. I did it once before the credit crunch, and then I did it once just before just before the boom. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, I totally get where you're coming from, Jim. And, and um, you know, when I look to even the, the past twelve months, when we have seen significant growth within this yeah. market, um, you know, a, a two bed house um, is now selling for what a three bed house sold just 12 months ago yeah it's crazy yeah so so i do think you know i always have that that slight remorse where i think gosh should i have kept that property um but i always know that there is another one you know where yeah. i can it's the right decision at the right time isn't it yeah and you can never look back because i mean if the market dropped then you'd be saying to yourself well it's fantastic i actually got rid of it um, yeah. because i got out and, and it's exactly what you say it's crystallizing the profit at that point in time to, to reinvest that to do something else, what you really want to do in terms of generating business, or would all, or would all hold on to the property. Um, so it depends what you do at that particular point in time. For me, it was just releasing money because I wanted to, my daughter to get a deposit for her house and stuff like that. Um, so that's why I did it. And also taking account of my capital gains allowances um, for husband and wife, because you get both of them on, on a property um, and using that as well and, and, and basically getting no capital gains tax then because we're getting a almost a £25,000 allowance uh, in the year again yeah. um, so it was it was tax advantage advantage at the time and and but also for personal reasons for family and um, so I you know I, I often think as I said it'd be nice to have held on to it but it's exactly what you say you don't know what the market's going to be like um, mm -hmm. so you, you're, you're better to have certainty rather than actually just you know if, if you're if you're leaving you're, I mean you're basically gambling if you, if you don't know why you're doing it you are actually gambling um, when it yeah. comes to Yeah, I think, you know, you, you've hit the nail on the head there, Jim, when you talk about certainty. So so I, whenever I need to make a, a decision within the, the, the business, I will always go for the, the decision that gives me that certainty. So yeah. I can then make the a sound decision and then move on. Um, and I think that's what is critical in business, that, you know, you, you, you just don't take those. I mean, sometimes there are risks worth, worth taking. Yep. But, but often or not, I always play by uh, the, the rule that if you have a good offer on the table or you're in a strong situation, then take it because you don't know what's around the corner. 
yeah yeah we've got an, uh, an interesting question from andrea um she says do you try to purchase your property below home report value and if so has it been difficult in the current market uh, that's a great question. Um, so to, to answer that, of all the flips that, that I have done, and I think I've done now about close to 40, um, I have rarely bought properties um, well below the home report value. There might be 5,000 lower than the home report value, but no, it's not something that that, that I do. Um, yeah. I think that, um, you know, buying below market value is great because mm -hmm. then you know you, you i believe that you make your money when you're doing flips when you buy so if you buy it lower than the market value then you're yeah. setting yourself up for a, a bigger profit but certainly at this stage of the market it's, it's near impossible to to buy below market value because why would a seller even think about selling to you that's below market value and certainly yeah. if they have an estate agent acting for them you know the, the, the estate agent's not doing a good job if they're in you know facilitating a sale below market value um so it's just not something that i've ever done i don't believe you need to i think you can yeah. still make decent profit buying um at market value and giving the seller what, what the property is worth and uh, that's what takes me on to a sort of really important point because you know property is about people and homes and places where people you know have so many memories and what you know it's it, it's their shelter and I believe that when you're paying something what they're paying someone what their home is worth then yeah you're being fair to them and um it's it's just how I like to to operate my business pay fair value for the properties you don't need to I absolutely agree um it's but but what it does give you um you have the experience um, as well as you understand the numbers. That's key here, because there's a lot of people out there that, that will see you doing this right now and sitting saying, oh, I'll pay market value, or I'll pay maybe a bit above market value. But what they don't realise is you understand what the numbers are going to be, possibly at the end result. And so what you it'll cost you to refurb it, that's your experience. And this is what takes us on to, you know, um, later on about, you know, your, your, um, uh, your course. Uh, you'll you'll be teaching people this but it is actually down to the numbers and because you've got that experience you understand that i mean 40 flips you know something that no one else knows really because i don't flip property i actually just buy refurb hold and refinance now and again if i want to um I, and and that's the that's my strategy i don't purposely go to flip so you've got a, you've got a skill that i really don't have uh, hence the reason why you're on the show, because I think it, it's a really good addition to other people out there. Do we well, want I, can, to... I can teach you that skill if you come on to my show, Jim. Or, or uh, actually, <laughs> I'm considering it. Um, so, do you want to go through some of the slides? Okay, yeah. So, this is you. This is me. We can move on from that one. <laughs> so, what, what was this one then? Oh, this, this is, a, I think this is a really good example. Uh, this is a, a something that... I worked on um, last, uh, it went on the market just when the market reopened last year. Can yeah. I just say as well, you know, I, I need to give credit to the people who work with me and support me. I don't achieve all of this myself. I couldn't do this without the people that I work with. Um, so th this is a property in that, that same area I mentioned um, earlier. This is in Dunfermline and, um, you know, ex-local authority council house yeah three bed house i paid market value home report value for, for this property and um you know I, I a lot of money was spent on this project to, to put it into context there's a bit context there's about i think the refurb cost came in at twenty five thousand pounds um so a, a lot of that went on the exterior i always believe that that is money well spent to create a that they prop give the property a nice external appearance you know that that property had uh the rough casting redone um all new windows new doors you know wall painted obviously all the chips down outside nothing too much with the driveway done but um yeah that that was um silly i wanted to make it eye-catching from the street see for, see for me personally i i don't you know um I, I, it's something i wouldn't have done but you have that experience to understand that actually re-rough cast it uh, and then repaint it it makes it look a completely different property i get that 
I get that straight away now, now that I see it on, on your Facebook pages and that, and your Instagram pages. So uh, just to tell everybody out there, uh, Linda's Instagram page is on this uh, post, um, and also her email address if you want to contact her direct as well. Um, so this is, is this the same property we've ripped inside out? No, this is a different, <clears throat> excuse me, a different one. So this uh, was a, a project that um, it was actually held up because of the, the, the lockdown and everything last year. But the, the slide that, if we look at the slide, at the, the um, left-hand side, there's what the kitchen looked like to yeah. start with. Uh, in the, the centre of the shot there, that was the amount of rubble and waste that, that came out of that. Believe it or not, there was actually a wall to the left-hand side. Yeah. And um, I don't know why there was so much um, old masonry there. But anyway, we, we ripped it out. And then the right-hand side was the um, kitchen. And actually behind where the oven is at the right-hand side of the shot, we created a, a downstairs WC. Oh, wow. Because it was a really long and wide kitchen, and by putting up a partition wall and having the toilet there, um, it, it then not only did it add value by creating a toilet, but it allowed it to the kitchen to be more usable space there, but not compromising on the size of the the, the floor plan, the layout. Yeah. So curiosity then. So how much how much did you pay for doing all that on the refurb? Because I often look at a lot. Of, uh, and and you know your numbers, you understand it completely. But I look, I look online about a lot of new people coming into this market, and and it's almost like they're determined to rip the house to bits from the very beginning. It's almost like you know they go in and they're out with sledgehammers, they're knocking down walls, they're ripping everything off the walls. And I'm thinking, I wonder if they've actually worked out if this is the right thing to do or no. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they, they look like having fun, but I'm thinking they just want to have fun and they don't realise the numbers are right, if they're right or wrong. Yeah, um, I mean, that, that's an interesting point because, you know, I, I think that there's no point ripping down a wall if yeah. you're not going to get the value back and more. You have mm -hmm. to make the return worth the effort. And, yeah, um, yeah I think that, um, I mean, it's still, it's still what I do, in terms of you know we you spoke earlier about knowing your numbers i will refer to the architect or refer to the estate agent or the surveyor who yeah. is responsible for doing the, the home report who, who really determines what the house will sell for so or you've what been, you've done a lot of due diligence in the beginning to make yeah, sure exactly. that, that's going to be the right decision for you yeah absolutely and, and often or not i mean i like to keep it simple mm -hmm. um, and i certainly don't ever add uh, square meterage at least I really thought there was going to be significant value add, but um, I keep it simple and I might take down a, a wall if it's non-load bearing or put up a new partition wall, but it really all is about making sure you get that value back. Yeah, absolutely. So so this one itself, I mean, it, 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 I mean, what, what, what was involved in this thing? How much and how, how, how much did this cost you to do all this refurb? Um, that that one was a bit more expensive. I think that the refurbishment costs on that was were thirty five thousand pounds. Wow! See, it, it is the experience that you can tell that you're confident enough to actually realise that thirty five thousand pounds is the right investment. Um, where for me personally, I was like, I'd, I'd be, I'd be boken <laughs> at twenty thousand. <000. laughs> it's like really. <laughs> oh, don't worry, I, I do a lot of that as well. Often it feels like you hemorrhage cash until the property sells, but um, yeah, so long as it's worth your while, yeah, go for it. Yeah. So is this uh, is this a similar property or is this uh, the same uh, one? This or? is a different one. No, this one was in the south, and um, that's like that... night and day. That's not even, that's not even like the same room. I know, I know. Um, Chris, the the the, the joiner I, I work with, uh, he we we both love this bathroom actually. The the, the shot on the, the left is uh, what it looked like before, and um, it's hard to believe that the one on the right is what um, Chris made at, at the end. I mean, and is that literally the same same size of room? Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you can see by the window. Um, ah, we didn't change the window at. there, and um, it's. I mean, the one at the shot on the left, you know. If there's any way you can make your bathroom look smaller, I think that's what they, they did there. Um, they, they had it on two levels. And um, I mean, there, there was uh, where that shower enclosure is there on the right, there was a, a big cupboard. So yeah. we removed that cupboard. And then, um, I mean, we were able to be creative with that, 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 that space there and really create a four-piece bathroom. 
out of what I mean, essentially was a shower room. You've literally created a TARDIS. Because <laughs> I would ne- I would never have looked at is that first picture? Is that the stagent's picture? Yes. Wow. <laughs> it's like it could have been taken in a better a better dimension, possibly possibly in a landscape uh, uh, rather than a portrait um, way. But but then that's you pay you get what you pay for at the end of the day, and it's your bonus as a result of that because then you can see that opportunity to actually add complete value. I mean, just that bathroom itself and replacing that is like wow. I would never have thought that would have fitted in there looking at that photograph. Yeah, and I, I should say as well, you know, although we're talking about you know a, a large number to do a renovation, that this particular bathroom here didn't um i never use really expensive high-end fittings yeah i don't think you need to so yeah, long as, like hmm, yeah no that's not particularly expensive i mean that 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 um, wall hung basin there is is obviously not your budget range but um yeah. a standard closed couple toilet there and bath and the the enclosure and um it, it's all about i i think being smart with the design choices a bit creative yeah. with a little bit of paint color there and accessorizing as well you know little uh print or towels you know toilet roll holder that type of thing so do you think you've got a creative flair then uh i probably something have maybe, something i'm a bit like <laughs> no probably very harsh on yourself there John. um <laughs> No, Magnolia, I, Magnolia and white skins and yes. <laughs> Remember. <laughs> but at least you agree that they're not in. They're still no longer in. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, the short answer, I, I'm probably more creative than I used yeah. to be, but I'm very much self-taught. You know, I don't have an interior design degree. I don't, um, I, I wouldn't say I'm professional, but I, um, I have learned that there are good ways of doing things and mm-hmm. there are not so good ways and I think um anyone can learn to do what, what I do um I mean I copy pe- other people's sorry I shouldn't say other people's I copy ideas yeah that are accessible to everyone so I, I listen it's the Chinese it's the it's the Japanese mentality you know just take what somebody else does but make it better and I've done it all my life it's like you just take what somebody else is doing and you just make it better every single time and it yeah. works yeah no, 100%. Um, so I also, um, you know, the, the, the local um, suppliers that, that I work with, whether it's the, the, the plumbing merchant or even go to, excuse me, B&Q, you know, I keep an eye on what's selling. So yeah. I will ask the, um, the the local plumbing store, okay, so what's everyone buying? What yeah. colours are people into? What, what tile is, you know, a, a good tile, not too expensive, but what people will like? And I think that's important to, to obviously appeal as much as possible to the person who's going to buy your house. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a that's a great top tip there. Straight away, you just you're going to the B and Q and just asking them what is the most popular thing, what is ever what does everybody like, um, and you're you're literally uh, defining your audience and giving them what they want, um, and and you've got a mass appeal because you're you're getting the most popular thing that they're doing. Um, yeah. That's that's a great tip. I, I love that. Um, let's jump back to here then, um, and we'll pop on to the next one. So, so, cheese uh, again. This is like night and day. What is yeah. what on earth is that on the left hand side? Well, I don't know actually, but it came down very quickly. So, um, on the left there, it was it provided no function or purpose. Um, yeah. It was almost like you would expect there to be. Uh, there might have been some kitchen cupboards on the other sides, but yeah. it really made that the space feel closed in and, and, and small. And um, there were smokers in, in this property, and it was um, there's lots of nicotine staining, and was kind of disgusting to, to work in at first, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. But then on the, the right hand side, um, but by you can see by opening up the, the, the space and providing that sort of open plan design. Yeah. concept which a lot of people like uh especially young families which is that who that this house really was uh the, the, was the target market mm-hmm. for this property by creating that it's dining a, it's, a big, it's a big thing for us it's the american sort of thing of opening everything up and having all everything in one living in living place yeah i mean I, I i personally like a little bit of separation and being able to to close the doors and get away from all the 
the, the, the noise and stuff. But again, um, I think it works in, in this space to, to have at least the kitchen and dining part open Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's, again, as you say, it was, um, that was, it's really satisfying taking something that's pretty yucky and making it into an amazing space. Yeah, brilliant. Okay. So, uh, right. Okay. Talk to your first impression and curb appeal. That's that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah. So what could what could you say to people about first impression and curb appeal? Why is it so important? Okay. So, um, you know, first impressions are, are so important because um, apparently, and I've got nothing to, to back this up other than it's something I read years ago. Um, when someone is deciding to whether they're they whether they will buy a house or not, they make that decision within the first 30 seconds. Yeah, it's probably less now. Less now, okay. So they, they almost make that decision on the internet before you actually, yeah. uh, genuinely, it's it's because we know that through photographs. Yeah, and and and, uh, and, and the same with social media, you've literally got uh, three tenths of a second to, ca to catch somebody's attention scrolling through you. Yeah, I quite believe that actually, because we're now, you know, in a world where if it's not grabbing someone's attention no. instantly they scroll past and then they can can miss it can't they yeah um so, so this uh so first impressions um yeah i mean you can see the um same property um with this particular property the um that the windows were still in really good condition and um i wouldn't normally work with you know oak windows but they were too good to take out mm -hmm. um, and also because windows are one of the first items that you need to get in a property, this was a, the project that we were uh, trying to, to work on through the lockdown and so on. It was just easier to keep these windows and then work around it to choose complementing colours for the exterior. So it gave the wow factor from yeah. the care. I know she took away that vestibule at the front, the porch. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's in my mind, that's quite a brave decision because theoretically, you know, you're always and you're always in the mindset of if you take away something that somebody can use, then you're devaluing a property. But that that doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, um, I have to say it did cross my mind about why on earth I decided to take that down because yeah. it was a bit of a pain to be honest. It was it was uh, you know removing waste and rubble can be expensive, and of course yeah. when that came down, there was a lot of waste that we had to take away. Um, and then we, uh, you, you see there, sort of, we reconfigured that the stairs, too. But and you probably can't tell from that shot on the left there. But the blacksmith did a really nice, intricate design. A, a, mm. a great guy, um, an apprentice blacksmith, did a cracking job for for us there. And um, yeah, it, 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 again, it, it it was a risk, but um, yeah, I think it, it gives it the wow factor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it does look. It doesn't look even the same property. To be honest, uh, and that's the that's the great thing about it. Um, one of the things I actually saw, uh, I actually uh, actually really blew me away in the beginning. I remember you put a property on, and 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 it almost it more or less went for double what any property has gone for on that street. <laughs> and I was like, what? How is that possible? <laughs> uh, so this is the, this is the and that that stuck with me for over I think a year and a half or something like that. I remember it going on. And I Which thought, one was Gee. that? I, I, I honestly kind of remember, but I remember yeah. you had done it inside and I looked at the pictures and went, that's absolutely amazing. But I looked at the other properties in the street and I thought, God, they're half the price. And I thought, how is that going to be possible? And then you announced it was sold. I went, oh, my God. <laughs> like, and I was, and everybody, I was saying, everybody should be really jumping for joy in that street because you've just set a new price point for their properties and dragged all their property prices up as a result. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, I was I was I was amazed at that. That's one of the things that blew me away straight away about what you'd achieved. Um, so let's look at some numbers. So let's look at this one. So this is this is what one. OK, so this was a, a property uh, in Resyth, um that um, completed just in December. And um, I, I just sort of need to put a bit of a caveat around this one yeah. actually because um that this was a night this was a difficult one because mm. the, the sale fell through three times so it's not all plain sailing when you're flipping houses and um whether um you know the, the sale fell through not because the actual property itself or that there was anything wrong with it because you know people couldn't get the finance or they couldn't sell their house in time and yeah. so on so yeah it was difficult but so this was we paid market value for this um which um 
was 118,000. Obviously, you have the um, stamp duties and the, the legal costs. Yep. And um, the, the bridging finance cost. So on average, it cost me about £10,000 for a bridge. Okay. Each time. Um, and so just for anybody listening, what is a bridge? What is bridging okay. finance? Yeah. So the bridging finance is a, a short-term uh, product which allows you to um, purchase the property and then sell within a short period of time. Ordinarily, um, mortgages are underwritten for a long period of time where mm. people will hold on to the property. So this is a specialist type of, of loan um, that um, certain specialist banks will lend uh, for the purposes of flipping houses or for a period that you don't... But, but it, is a, it is probably essential in, in the scope of things. And, and the reason for that is because by the time you work out the arrangement fees and having to get a normal mortgage, having the exit fees and back and forward, it's it makes it so much easier just to go for the bridging finance, doesn't it? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's just a, like a, a cost like anything else, yeah. So refurb costs, um, refurb costs 18,000. So what did you do for that? Um, okay, I think if we were to move on to one of the other slides, actually, we'll be able to show you so this was the lounge room yeah um, so again nicely presented there uh, and then the next slide after that uh, that was the kitchen so we wow. did um, where do you get your kitchens from then do you choose the same supplier or do you do, you, you just, uh, do, do different ones or yeah i mean I, i've pretty much worked with all the kitchen suppliers around now yeah. jim but um i do like that the products that uh ren and magnet offer and um, I mean, for, for me, it's all about um, not just getting the products at a good price, but the service that they can deliver, because we're now doing projects at such a scale where it's important that items are delivered on time and you Perfect. get a good you know, customer experience from it. So too. that then leaves me, uh, I might be James actually asking this question. Do you ever use LNPG for materials or do you trust your contractor to be flexible in choice? Um, okay, two two points there. Um, I make the choices, so yep. I, I remove any option for anyone being flexible and making the decisions. I make all the design decisions um, because I feel like I know my target market the best. Yeah. Um, so LNPG is a scheme which is with Magnet, which is a, a membership type arrangement that um, I think the L stands for landlords. I can't remember what the N yeah or the P or the G means but to be honest <clears throat> from what I know um, if you contact Magnet directly you can get a similar type discount from them yeah. I know there are other suppliers included within that, that, that programme but personally they're not suppliers that we would want to work yeah. with. So and we personally for myself as well I've noticed that LN LNPG actually charges more for their white goods than actually Magnet do themselves Well uh, that's yeah. Which can... I was really surprised about and, and so it made it cost prohibitive um, to actually use them. I, 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 do, I still don't understand how anybody's benefiting from using LNPG, but but that's their, that's their thing. If they can tell me that, then fantastic. I'd, like, I'd love to know. Um, but you're absolutely right. So again, it's you that's making these decisions. And, and the great thing is you can teach other people to do that, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, quickly, is this the same property? That's the same property, yeah, that, that, that slide. And um, what's after the... What's the next one? Yeah, again, um, I mean, th this is a level of detail that, that we like to, oh, to go was through. Was this here already, or did you decide to put that there? Um, that was there already. I wish I included the before shot because it looked nothing like that. Yeah. So um, we painted that, that summer house and uh, just put some nice, bright furniture, accessorised with eye-catching colours and um, made it a, a usable space i mean before yeah. it was used to, to house deck chairs but we, we made it into something that was a feature uh and again it's just you know you, the, the time and the, the the cost of the paint and um yeah I, I think we made it look quite nice um i mean uh, let's look at let's quickly look at these numbers again um so this is the property here then so that was your refurb was eighteen thousand. i mean that's a that's a that's a cracking refurb for 18 grand <laughs> Um, I'll need to get in touch with your contractors for that. <laughs> do you, are you like me and you're like, I'm not really wanting to give you the name of contractors because I, I, I don't want them working for everybody else because then they'll never work for me. Yeah, yeah. Is, yeah. That, is that kind of the feeling? <laughs> uh, <laughs> pretty much. No, yeah, yes. 
I mean, we, we're, we're a good team now and um, it's taken me a, a few years to obviously establish that. And I still have my, my challenges when it comes to tradesmen, um, but it's, um, it's about being smart with your money and yeah. um, setting up the trade accounts and to, to ensure that, you know, you keep cost to a minimum. And again, as I said before, you, you don't need to, to buy top end to make something look really nice and function just as well. I'll tell you what, I, I, you make it look fantastic. Um, so, and it does look like top end, but I, I know I know you're saying that that's not the case. Um, so the total costs in was 154,000 for, for argument's sake. Um, you sold it for 195,000. So you basically make over 41,000 profit on this property. How, yeah. how long did this property take you from start to finish? Well, that, 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 that's, that, that's the rub. I mean, that took 12 months. And that was because... It's still, it's still 41,000. When you think about it, the average salary in Fife and in, in Scotland and in the UK is £30,000 a year. And you literally did this in that time. And you, you never spent, you've never spent 35 hours a week, every single week, uh, doing this property, have you? Uh, no, that, that, that's correct. I mean, so sadly, it's when you think about the, if you divide the 41,000 by the number of hours you spent on this and multiply it by the 35 hours a week that other people would work, your your salary would be probably double that in essence, or maybe even triple that. So it just shows you that, you know, what you're doing is a really good formula. And it's and it, if you understand your numbers, it works extremely well as a result of that. Uh, let's take you on to the final one then. So here's your top tips and fundamentals for success. So would you like to talk us through this? Yeah, okay. Um, so price, it's important that um, you, you buy the property at the right price. As I said before, you, you don't need to buy below market value, but you need to not spend over the asking price, considerably over the asking price. But... I believe that so long as you buy and sell in the same market, it actually doesn't matter so long as you know your numbers. Yeah. Um, location. Um, for me, I always choose properties which are in high demand. Yeah. Um, so that I'll never be short of a buyer. I mean, as we know, we only need one person to, to buy a property, but it's important that we get the location right. I mean, mm -hmm. I know other people who have had success in more uh, rural areas but again, not everyone, more people will want to live in a town closer to the town centre than in the countryside. So it's about fishing in the, the pond where the, there's the most fish. Yeah. Uh, market, know your market. Um, as I say, so long as you buy and sell in the same market, that, that, that that's fine. But you also have to know what your market wants, what your target market desires, yeah. what your buyer will want in a house so that they will be blown away when they come to view your project. Mm -hmm. uh, timing, um, time is a, a huge thing. I, ideally, you want to, to be in and out as quickly as possible. Um, as we said, you know, we're, we're a wee bit hang, hamstrung by that six month rule now, unfortunately, but it's still important to do things as timely as possible. You want to be in and out with your refurb as quickly as possible. Yeah. Um, adding value is really, really important because if you can find ways to add value, you will get a better price at the end. Yes, as we spoke about before, you need to, if you're going to go to the trouble of taking down a wall or adding a toilet, that type of thing, you have to make sure that you'll get the money back and more at the end. Um, ways that, that I will add value could be, <clears throat> you know, creating an ensuite taking down a partition wall to create that, that open space and taking down a, a wall to create a driveway and so on yeah. um, will all add value. Um, finishing design. Um, so the, the finish is so important because I, I strongly believe that a high quality finish doesn't cost more. It's just mm -hmm. attention to detail. Yep. But it can make the difference and, and to, to whether you get a, a good price or an amazing price at the end. Mm -hmm. uh, presentation and staging. And th this was something that I learned when I was in Australia because um, you know the staging of a property is something that everyone does in Australia. So in Australia, mm -hmm. people pack up all their furniture and then they move out. Uh, sorry, they, they move that, their, their stuff out and then they live with the staging items 
um, yeah. across the properties on the market. So although when I stage my properties that the houses are unoccupied, I will make it look like a home. Wow. Okay. Um, first impressions, as we said, you know, people make very quick decisions on whether they want to buy a property or not. And again, that's the same when whether they're scrolling or light online or whether you first open the door and what they think when they walk in the door, because you only get one chance to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. uh, pressing the buttons. Um, this is, um, yeah, I kind of laughed it to myself at this one because I think you have to press the buttons of, of the buyer and the, the decision maker. And um, it's, I don't know whether it's, it's widely accepted, but I think it's widely known that the decision maker when it comes to buying property in a couple situation when it's a male and female will be the woman yeah and she has the final call the man um, thinks it's him but it's no really yeah. <laughs> the woman just lets them think it's him <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to be sexist but i've worked out that that's that's what happens and yeah um, i know that <laughs> yeah so I, I think if Often when I come to design and present and stage the property, I will make sure I press the buttons of the, 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 the female and I, I will make, uh, say, a bedroom, for example, a wee bit more feminine than if it was just a, a bachelor pad, for example. Perfect. Okay, so so where can people find out about you then? Okay, so I um, one of my favourite platforms is Instagram, so at Linda Martin Property. Yep. Um, I do have a Facebook account, but if anyone wants to contact me directly, please do so on uh, the Instagram direct messaging app. And I've got the I've got it in this post on here, uh, and then you've got a um, ultimate property flipping masterclass coming up. Yeah. Um, so when's that going to be? Uh, that is uh, taking place on the fifteenth of May, Sunday, the fifteenth of May, at the Dakota Hotel. And yeah, I'm really excited about this. It, it's um, it, it's my first masterclass that I'm putting on and it's for people who um, really want to um, le learn what I do in more detail. Yeah. And so whether people maybe have a buy-to-let portfolio and they're, they're looking to, to do a flip um, but don't know where to start, don't have the confidence to, to, to go for it and um, or, or someone who, who's just... You know, wants to, to um, get a better return on the, their investment really by yeah. flipping and um, yeah so we will talk through everything that, that, that I do within my business so that the, the person can understand how to flip property and do it really really well so um, that they're not uh, put off and uh, not throwing money away and um, just to, to help them achieve some remarkable results too. And that's the key here. It's taken you, and I always say to people, you know, in terms of me, it's taken me 30 years, but you could do this in 30 months more than likely. And and in terms of you, it's taken you over 10 years, but somebody else you can teach in 10 weeks um, how to do that and get that get something, their first property, and get it over the line. And actually, um, do you hold their hand in the process? And, you know, is that a, is that sort of service you can actually provide? Yeah, I, I can do that as well. You know, the, the masterclass is getting a... a understanding you know how to flip for for profit yeah. and in a sort of a, a workshop class-based environment but yes i do provide Probably. mentoring and more hand-holding when people do get the keys to somewhere and want some guidance if they choose to to do that yeah. um but but you're absolutely right i mean when i started doing this that there was no instagram um that there was no other social media platforms with all the, the nice pictures to, to help people guide us through. I mean, I have, as you say, it's taken me 10 years to, to learn how to do this really well. Yeah. Um, and I'd like to, to think that I'll be able to share what I know with people so that they can learn in a far shorter time period. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I've no doubt that is the case because, you know, if you've, if you've trodden the path already, you've provided the road for somebody else to follow on. Um, that's really what it comes down to. So, uh, you know, that's why you're, that's why you're here. On, on this show for that very reason. So for anyway, for you guys out there, um, uh, Linda's uh, link to her uh, ultimate uh, property flipping masterclass is uh, in the in the post in here. So you can just click on that and you subscribe to that. Get more information from yourself, Linda, as well, if they want to, so that your email address is on this post as well. And and you can you can hook up with Linda our uh, Instagram page um, and uh, and potentially Facebook, but Instagram's where it's all about with you because you're more visual. Um, because that's the appeal of 
flipping properties, um, whereas uh, mainstream buy to let is like, you know, it's just a numbers game and you just keep turning them through. It doesn't matter as long as it's good for somebody to move in a job done. Um, I, thanks for coming on the show, Linda. Really appreciate your advice and your, your information. Um, it really has been quite knowledgeable. I have actually, and I tell everybody, uh, you better have taken notes because I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a dafty here. Even 30 years, I know fine when people know what they're doing and they're really skillful at what they're doing. Just go and learn from them. That's the key here. Uh, so thanks very much for coming on the show, Linda. Really appreciate that. And thanks, everybody, else for taking part in asking questions. And if everybody's on the rerun as well, please feel free to comment as well. We'll still pick up your comments. We'll still pick up your questions. And until next week for the Wealth Creation Show at 12.30 on Monday, uh, it's bye-bye from us. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Thanks, Jim.